Uh, well, surprise, surprise, surprise. It's the news, according to me. It is Thursday morning, and uh, believe it or not, I, there's a good, good show this morning. I didn't, did not expect this to happen at all, especially not from the, the home studio, not the worldwide headquarters, but at, the, uh, at least the home studio. This morning, um, 8.36 a.m., November 30th, one more day. Actually, no, there's, there's, there's no more days. See, one, yeah, there's, there's one more day. I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, whatever, whatever there is. We're closely approaching the last month of, a, of the end of the year. Last month of the year. And uh, that means the end of the year is coming soon. It's coming soon to a theater near you. Due to my sickness, recent sickness, I have more of a, of a movie trailer voice right now than I do anything else. So, in a world where one man with a podcast and a cup, the I have a... I had a couple emails that just popped in. I got to answer those. I have a interesting day ahead. Tomorrow morning, um, there will not be a show. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, there will be a show. I'll be in Charleston, uh, West Virginia, and um, is it Charleston or Charlottesville? I can't. I think it's Charleston. Pretty sure it's Charleston, South Carolina. Um, wherever Charleston is, that's, that's where I'll be. Charleston was was it Charles Charleston? I think it's West Virginia, North Carolina. I don't. I don't know where wherever it is. Um, that's where I'm going. I just I just fly there and get off the plane. I wherever I am, I just that's where I'm at. I don't, I don't really pay that much attention. So tomorrow afternoon, uh, there theory in theory there will be a show if all goes well, and I'm still feeling well. Uh, as of today, uh, I'll be I'll be traveling out uh, today later today. So I do have this morning, I can actually do a, do a little bit of a show. I don't have a whole lot of time, though, after this morning, so it'll be, it'll be a little bit squeezed, but there will be a show at least. Not going to be an hour-long show, that's for sure. Tomorrow afternoon, hopefully, there'll be a little bit longer show if, all, if everything goes well, as long as the uh, internet's working where I'm at. So, nonetheless, and without further ado, I do have a cup full of chai, creamy uh, creamy ch- vanilla chai with so, what I, cinnamon. I think I got cinnamon creamer. Yeah, it's cinnamon creamer there. So uh, here I am. And once again, folks, I just want to thank you for uh, being faithful listeners through this sickness that I've had. It's basically a sinus infection. I think, I don't know. I'm not sure. I didn't think I wasn't diagnosed with anything. I think I didn't go for a diagnosis anywhere. It's, uh, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was, I, was in a, I was in a doctor's office last week. And it never seems to fail. Every, every time I go to a doctor's office, um, I always come down with something. I, I don't know if it has something to do with it or not, but it's just, it's like, okay, this is, it's not just coincidental. No, like every six months, I have to get a, I have to get a special medical every six months and uh, for my work. And so I, it's just amazing to me that I, get, I constantly get sick like that. So, um. Nonetheless, let's talk about a few things. One of the things, uh, Elon Musk is in the news. Again, now he did go to Israel. He was being accused of being an anti-Semite. Now, he made some comments. He's actually backtracked and, and apologized for, for what he said because he did, what, what, how it was taken was not what he meant. And, of course, the, the left has no mercy. He's just, he's just anti, you know. It, it, nobody had mercy on this guy. 
um, uh, so so I, I ended up um, listening to this. Now, he, it's, he, he gets a little he gets a little vulgar. There's there's times when some certain four letter words just you know, they just kind of fit. I have to admit. Um, the, the vulgarness is, you know, it's, it's offensive and all that stuff. And I'm not going to repeat it. I'm not going to say it. I, and I wouldn't say it, but, um, and I wouldn't say it the way he said it. However, sometimes, you know, it, it just, it just seems like, okay, that was probably the, you know, that's probably the best way to put it. I guess like if you're not going to put it that way, if, if you're just a person in the world, that's, that's probably the best way to put it. It's, he got the point across. And what was happening was that there, I think it was somebody, um, he's, he's suing Media Matters. They're, I don't know, I don't exactly, I've been trying to follow this case that he's, he's doing, and there's a lot of people reporting on it, and I can't, can't quite get what he's saying about it. It's, it's or what, what's going on there between the two of them. I think it's something to do with this whole thing, but I'm not sure if it has to do with this or something else. But he, he's, he's been saying, or apparently he's got, he's got a lawsuit against him. He's, it's just, it's going to blow him out of the water. You don't, you don't want Elon Musk to come after you in a lawsuit. I don't think he's like a sue-happy guy. But he's, he's definitely filing suit. Now, of course, that's because everybody's filing suit against him. Now, I think he's going to, people are going to come after him, I think. Um, the big tech, high tech people out there, you might, you might even see Twitter X be taken off of the app store, possibly. But what he, what he has come out and said, basically, is he doesn't care about advertisers. He's, he's uh, this one advertiser was threatening to, to push back and not, not spend any money on advertising with him pull their advertising on, on Twitter because of his, of his comments. And his, his, of course, his reaction is you're trying to blackmail me with money. Basically go, you know, just go away. Basically what he's saying is he doesn't need you. And I have to say that that kind of attitude is, I would imagine that if, if he is that way with others who are trying to do it to him, I'd imagine he doesn't like doing it to anybody else either. It's typically when somebody sees that kind of a, they don't like that kind of manipulation in their life. They typically are the kind of person who doesn't do that kind of manipulating. You know, that's because they recognize it as a, a very, it's, it's actually a very evil kind of way to do things. Um, unfortunately, the, there have been a lot of organizations throughout the years um, who have used that kind of clout and power to get their way. And uh, unfortunately, it's, it's a predominant way that people, people love having the, the power and the money and the, oh, well, then I'm not going to support you. I'm not going to, I'm going to back off with it. Speaking of support, recently, um, Nikki Haley is now the candidate of choice for the big money in the Republican Party, and the, the big establishment money. Now, you have to keep in mind, DeSantis was kind of the up-and-coming poster child for a while. Uh, there were a lot of big money people behind DeSantis. Some people were dumping money into his, his campaign, and he's, he's fallen flat. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know that... I'm not so sure Mike Pence is ever going to recover from, from his attempt to run for president in, in this particular election cycle. I don't think he's going to recover from it. Um, he's just he, no. He, I just only. I don't think he's going to come make a comeback at this point. Maybe he will. I don't think he will. Um, at the same time, um, 
DeSantis, I think everybody liked DeSantis for a while. Um, I'm hearing some very negative things from the base about DeSantis now. Um, he, has, he has made some comments about Trump. He's made some comments about some things that I, I just don't think are, are in, the, in the groove. Now, Vivek, I, I, don't, I thought I heard this morning, I thought I heard a report that maybe he was dropping out of the race or suspending his campaign. Um, now he may have just made, made a comment. He may, have, he may have said something to the effect of, it's very, it's very obvious that right now Trump has the, has the nomination sealed up. I think that's what he said. But I don't, maybe he didn't drop, maybe he hasn't suspended or dropped out. Um, now Mike Pence has suspended his campaign, which means he can pop back at any time. Um, Nikki Haley apparently is getting some kind of traction. Um, she is still number two. And you know what I mean by that. So th- we have, um, it's, it's interesting that she is getting so much support, I guess, from the right-wing establishment, far-right-wing establishment. Um, she's all excited about that. And, of course, it's the, Koch, the Koch brothers, basically, are the ones, you know, the biggest ones behind some of this stuff. Now, they, they have not ever supported Trump, ever. They didn't support him in 2016. Um, this is the never-Trumpers that, that were always around. And, and, folks, there were people in the 2016 election, there were people on the, in the establishment Republicans who were, who were saying and promoting the idea of voting for Hillary Clinton just to keep Donald Trump out of office. They were thinking, well, we'll just let Hillary in this for these four years and then we'll, we'll come back in the next four years. After she's messed everything up, we'll come back and we'll, we'll, take, it, we'll take it back then. These are the games these people play. Can you imagine where we would be right now with a Hillary Clinton presidency? She, she wouldn't have lost the 2020 election, I'm pretty sure. That probably would never have been a COVID either, but that's, think of where we would be right now. She was, they were beating the drums for war with Korea. China trade was on, on the verge of them take, basically becoming a world, world dominant power in the trade, trade market. We would be more oil dependent on other countries now than ever. You know, we had this brief interlude that they're blaming, they're blaming all the, uh, amazingly, they're blaming all the woes of today's economy on Trump. Well, we're, we're just trying to repair things that Trump tore up. No, no, that we were in a V-shaped recovery. We were in a bounce back recovery. And then all of a sudden, Joe Biden took all those things away that were in place and it just stalled us out and went, went nuts. And of course, then they just blamed it all on Trump. Well, Trump messed it all up. It's, it amazes me. Just, just amazes me. They, they get away with this crap. So Nikki Haley is now the, the, uh, the face of the establishment Republicans. And, I, and I'm telling you, she's as much of an establishment as anybody they're out there. She is um, part of the military-industrial complex. I'm pretty sure that she had uh, a job with Boeing as well. Now, I, I, this is an interesting place where people go. Uh, Boeing and GE are two different are two companies that seem to have an awful lot of government individuals working for them. 
where they kind of go there on hold. James Comey worked at, at Boeing. Nikki Haley, uh, several other people who have gotten jobs at Boeing or GE, one of the two. It's, there's some other people that worked at GE. I can't think of who they were. They get these token jobs there. And it's, it's really quite alarming with regard to how they actually get away with this stuff. And uh, it's, it's like they go there with these insider things and they, they walk out with all kinds of uh, strings attached. And a lot of it has to do with the, the military industrial complex. Now, yes, Boeing sells aircraft to the military. So all these, you know, Lockheed Martin, all these companies that are out there all take in government officials who, who happen to need a place to park for a while. And not necessarily politicians. Many times it is the bureaucrats. They come in and out of office like, like the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the FAA, all these other organizations. That happens all the time. You have FAA officials that are officially on the payroll of Boeing. This is why they had the problem with the 737 MAX. Because they were, they were working so much with that program that Boeing just decided, well, how about we just hire you, you, you work for us, and you represent us. We, we have like a liaison. You become a liaison with the FAA because you know the ins and outs of what the FAA wants because you're, you're the FAA. So that person would leave the FAA, but they would work as an FAA liaison with Boeing because they knew all the tricks. They knew all the ways to, to manipulate things. So now they're on your payroll, so they're going to do what you want. They're going to help you get, because they couldn't do that as an FAA person, but now they can. And they can sell it to the FAA, they can sell it to the examiners, and sell it to the people on the higher-ups. It's an underhanded, under-the-table under way to get things through quicker, and it's very shady. This is why they had problems. That's why two airplanes crashed. Speaking of airplane crashes, there was an Osprey. I didn't know they were still flying the Osprey. The, uh, there's another airplane that, since the Osprey, it's actually a, it's a, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's, it's a different designation now, and it's actually very, it's much more dependable. However, the Osprey, it, the Osprey is this big, it has like, uh, it has wings, but the wings tilt up, and it's a, it's a tilt rotor air, aircraft. It can take off and land vertically. Um, it's got two big turbine engines on it. It takes off vertically, lands uh, vertically. And it's, uh, you can't even land it with the props down. You can, with the wings tilted forward. So it could, because it's, the props are too big. Thing flies through the sky. Um, apparently it's, it's a very popular machine or not necessarily popular, but it's, it's one that's used primarily for certain missions where they have to get in quickly, flies faster than a helicopter. Not much, not a whole lot faster than a helicopter. Faster than a helicopter and, and yet it can still land vertically. And it has a huge load capacity. Now, Problem with it is it's a mechanical nightmare. The thing breaks down all the time. The Osprey, if you had a fleet of 10 of them, it was rare that 50% of the fleet was, was uh, flyable. It was very, very rare. And normally they were, they were in a uh, maintenance rotation kind of thing. And, and it was, even the ones that were not in maintenance had things that grounded the airplanes. But they were, the maintenance was more lined up for, you know, it was ridiculous. 
I think the normal fleet was six aircraft at a time. And I think one time this was one army, uh, or whatever it was, air force, whatever it was, uh, Marine guy wrote home to, to his mom and said, mom, you should have seen it. It was, we had all six of them in the air at the same time. It was amazing. It was so such a rare event that he had to write home about it. He literally wrote home about it. You know, it's nothing to write home about. Well, this was. Well, one of them now has crashed. I guess this Osprey has crashed in, um, which brings up a lot of questions about, you know, its viability and everything else again. <clears throat> Everyone on board apparently died. Um, I believe. Or it's... Yeah, I think I think most everybody did. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So, I think there were six, six or seven people on board. Maybe there's more than that. I think it holds, uh, it holds a bunch of people. Anyway, so we, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a sad situation. I, I made a comment uh, on YouTube about it when I saw the saw the report. I said something about you know, it's, there's a reason why this thing has never made it into the civilian civilian market. It's because it's just it, you can't. The FAA would never approve it. It's not, it's not, they're dependable enough. Nobody would ever buy this thing. Nobody would ever use it. Well, somebody made a comment. I don't, I don't know why the, I don't know why the civilians would ever need something like this. Look, civilians, you, you got to stop thinking in terms of just, you know, everyday people. Uh, there are construction companies, research companies, oil willing, you know, drilling wells. It's exploration, whatever it is you're doing. There, there are places, you know, people use helicopters. Why, you know, why, why does a civilian need a helicopter? Well, people still use them. People use helicopters. They use, they use uh, short takeoff and landing aircraft all the time. Regular aircraft, you know, the, the airlines themselves um, may not use helicopters, but there's, you know, there, you, can, you can charter a helicopter. You can charter a, a fixed-wing airplane, jet, you know, whatever you want to charter. You can charter about anything. If you're trying to get into a particular area that, you know, only a, maybe only a, uh, an Osprey would make it. I don't know. That's, that's, that's a possibility. This somebody could start a business going and, you know, doing some kind of tours or something with the thing or some kind of doing some kind of work, you know, oil, oil exploration or shipping. I don't know. You don't, you know, I don't know what's going on. So, or some kind of construction work. So it, I don't, I don't know. There, there's, there's always, always that possibility that there's an application for it in the civilian market, but this, this thing will never be in the civilian market. At least not, not the way it's not in its current rendition. It's just too, it's too expensive and it's too, too costly to operate. Helicopters are bad enough. And my, my understanding is this thing is like four times the price of a, per hour of a, of a normal helicopter of its, of its capacity, um, per hour of operation, which is just ridiculous. So speaking of hours of operation, I have a, I went and bought a tractor this last uh, couple weeks ago. I don't know if I, I can't remember if I talked about this or not on the, on the show. I got a, a 580, a Case 580 backhoe loader. Um, it's like a tractor with a scoop on the front. It's got this, you know, it's like a, it's got a front end loader on the front. And then it's got, on the back, it's got a backhoe. It's got a, it's got a digger. You know, it's got the old reach out and grabs, you know, grabs, you know, dig, 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 go trench with a thing or whatever you want to dig. And uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited about using that thing. It's, um, it's got a couple projects around the property here that I want to mess around with. Last night I was moving it and I actually got it to move over to, I uh, got moved it over to, to, to park, kind of its parking spot. Nice thing about that thing is I can make my own parking spot. I, I just kind of went out in the woods and cleared out an area and then parked it there. It's kind of nice to be able to do that. So I'm looking forward to getting some stone and some or some some crushed uh, 
where they cause stuff. It's crushed, crushed, uh, like road, road stuff, uh, reclaimed, whatever. And making some places to park some things and getting rid of some of the, the mushy stuff around here, which I think will be, uh, quite helpful, quite useful actually. So hopefully we can get that accomplished. And I'm going to clear out an area for, uh, looking for an area in my, in my property here for I can put up a new shop, a rather large one. And I was trying to uh, try to eliminate the, the, uh, the need and the necessity to take out very many trees. There's like two big trees. I probably have to take out any place else I put the thing. It's going to be a whole lot of trees. And I, so there's one place I can just take out, I think basically two, well, one tree needs to take out, come, come down anyway. So there's two other trees that probably wouldn't have to come down. I'm going to take those two trees down and, uh, it's basically going to be the the goal is to get that accomplished, and then uh, once that's all cleared out, I can kind of I can do a rough kind of shooting of the grade, kind of get things prepared, maybe even dig the footer to some some extent, and then have have a contractor come in and do the, do it the right way, and do it for real. They wouldn't have to spend as much time doing it. So at least I can kind of get some things done and kind of speed the process along. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm planning on doing. So anyway, the um, what else is in the news? There was one other thing. I can't, uh, let, me, let me take a quick look at the, uh, oh, hopefully this, this works quickly, hopefully. I think my wife might be doing her meetings online right now, which she's home this morning. She's working from home, doing meetings from home. And of course, that just means she's now going to be eating up my bandwidth. So <clears throat> I don't know how, how uh, here we go. This is, all right, let's put, let's click on this real quick. The the the, the case um, Donald Trump lawsuit cases they're they're really flailing around right now. They are really struggling. Um, Trump has come back with a lot of good, really good arguments, and one of the biggest problems they're running into right now is the the Jack Smith thing. Jack Smith now has proposed to a judge. Part of the problem with some of these judges is that they've, they've on their own, they, without a jury, without any kind of trial, without any kind of, any, any kind of trial whatsoever, they've basically decided for themselves that they're going to, one of the judges declared that there is a, um, that Trump is an ins- ins- it was an insurrection. He, he was part, he took part in an insurrection. Just on his own, just decided to, to just make that happen. Well, now Jack Smith has also gone to a judge and basically declared, asking a judge to declare that, uh, or, or it's actually a case, what was it? It's a council of some kind, saying that they need to investigate anyone and everyone who ever liked or followed, retweeted anything that was on Trump's Twitter account. They need to investigate all of them. That's like 50 million people, folks. He had like 50 million followers on Twitter. And what this Jack Smith is talking about, this, this, is, this is derangement syndrome at its best. There's no other way to explain it. It's, it's just amazing to me that people are so deranged by this guy. Um, let's look at some headlines here. We got, uh, this is all live stuff. 
Uh, he gives a gilded exorcism. Santos, this is why this is not how I expected my my year to go. Um, Santos again has a bunch of uh, Santos was I think he's George Santos, and then you got this other guy. There's a couple guys that are one of them's a Democrat. He was found. I guess Mitch McConnell is now less popular <laughs> than this one guy. Is it George uh, Santos? Is George, George somebody Sanchez? George George Santos. He's the guy that's actually a senator, I think, in the uh, Democrat Party who was found with all kinds of cash and gold bars and everything else coming from some other country, China, China or wherever it was. And it, it's, uh, it's quite alarming that Mitch McConnell is actually less popular than that. Um, I'm not expecting Mitch McConnell to run again. Uh, let's just put it that way. Um, we, what else do we have going on here? We have... Um, George Santos takes aim at Jamal Bowman. Now, Jamal Bowman, uh, I was thinking, I think I misunderstood the other day. It was uh, this guy who is the the mayor of Chicago. Jamal Bowman and and the mayor of Chicago are two different people. But they they talk almost exactly the same. They they sound almost exactly the same. Jamal Bowman um, was the guy who was in, in, uh, was it, one guy's, he was in the other guy's face about the whole more guns equals more crime, more guns equals more crime. He's always going to talk about it. I'm pretty sure that was the guy, but it might, it might have been, it might have been uh, the other guy. I, I don't know, the mayor of Chicago. But it's, it's, um, but it was, it was in the Congress building. So it might, sometimes mayors go there. It may, maybe it was him, but it could, but I don't know. I'll have to find that. Um, Anyway, because uh, Jamal Bowman is going after George Santos, they're, and they're they're talking about booting him out, uh, booting him out of office, and I and there's some Republicans talking about doing it too because they you know they take the high ground, they do the right thing. If it was Democrats, they would they would be circling the wagons, they'd be you know defending the guy to the death. But you know they, Republicans won't do that, which is fine. I don't I, if the guy's you know if the guy's not doing his job, that's one thing. I mean if he lied to get his job, then yeah, I probably should be fired. It's not up to me. He's not in my district. He's not my representative. I, if he was my representative, I'd probably be pretty upset. He's not my representative, and I, and I really don't want to get involved in it. I, I just, it's like, that's up to their, that's his, that's his district, and it's up to them to decide that. Um, yeah, here, here we go. This is, uh, here's a headline. Uh, Chicago migrants seeking asylum are sleeping outside in tents in freezing conditions. It's going to get bad. It's, uh, the next month or two, it's going to get really bad in Chicago, and there are, there are more migrants there, and there are more people sleeping in tents right now than I've ever seen there before. I, it, it is, it's going to be a really bad winter for them. Another question that's coming up, speaking of homeless people, um, San Francisco, they cleaned it all up. All, of my, all the homeless are gone, and everybody's saying, what happened to them? Where did they take them? They, they came in the middle of the night, by the way, and got them all out of there. This is typical Democrat government stuff. They do stuff in the middle of the night. I, and nobody knows where the, I've, I've asked, been asking this question along quite a, for quite a while. It's like, I, okay, so they got it all cleaned up. Where, 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 they, where are they right now? Did they put them all in hotels or something for a while? Well, nobody knows. And nobody seems to, nobody knows where they went. Nobody, nobody's seen them. No, nobody's, I mean, there were people who were ministering to them. There were people out there who were, you know, out there trying to help them and stuff. And they have no idea where they went. So they knew them. They could recognize them if they saw them. They don't. They believe they may have been bussed off to some some other city. Because right now they're not they're not there. They still haven't come back. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of strange and odd. Um, 
Uh, what else we got going on here? We got uh, Corey Bush accuses Israel of apartheid. Let's, let's let's talk a little bit more about this again. Again, uh, this whole this whole thing, this whole thing with um, with Gaza and this hostage exchange. Nobody's talking about this, and I don't I don't understand. Okay, we're, so we're exchanging prisoners. They're exchanging prisoners for hostages at, at a tune of three to one, the way I understand it. So they're getting three prisoners for each hostage. Now, keep in mind, Israel did not go over into Gaza and snatch these guys and put them in jail. These guys were, these were, these were militants. They were people who were committing crimes in Israel. That's why they're in prison. They're criminals. They're giving them three of them for the hostages, in many cases, whose family members were killed while they were being taken, especially the children. Now, supposedly Gaza is now reporting that the IDF bombed um, this one city, this one area, and killed three hostages. As a, a baby and a, and a mother and, and a, another child. They killed them. I, I don't know who they were. I don't know who, who they are. I don't know if they're, of course, I don't know where the bodies are. There's no, of course, there's not going to be an investigation. It's just, it's, they're just making this claim. Because, you know, I'm sure Hamas would never kill anyone else. Another thing that's happening is there's a guy named Muhammad uh, Safa. Muhammad Safa. Uh, he's been exposed by some very intelligent individuals. Uh, this one guy who really knows military stuff really well. He's, he's, he showed this, uh, they showed this picture of kids, Israeli kids, signing what, what, what looks like bombs. They're actually artillery, artillery shells. He calls them bombs. And he, he has this picture of them, and they're signing this, these, these artillery shells. Look, you have these kids out there. They're teaching their kids to kill. Well, no, that's what they do in their schools. They actually sing songs about killing the Jews. And the problem with this picture is it was taken in 2009 during a different conflict and had nothing to do with the current situation. It had nothing to do with Gaza at all. So how do you... This is the kind of disinformation war, and I'm not saying misinformation. Mis, mis, misinformation is where you make a mistake. Disinformation is where you purposely do something wrong. And it gives the other side no credibility whatsoever. And I, and I just, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, folks, people who, who live in Gaza. I'm sorry that you continue to live under this regime that gives you, that has no credibility and continues to discredit themselves by doing this kind of thing. I don't like it when my government does it. I don't like it when, when any government does it. When the media does it, whatever it is. Because now I can't believe anything else that comes out of there. And, and it, Just like the whole hospital thing. All oh, the hospitals bombed and 500 people died. They knew the number right away. 500 people. It was a parking lot. I'm not even sure it was a hospital parking lot. And uh, we don't know if anybody was actually hurt. A bunch of cars were damaged. And it wasn't even an Israeli 
thing. It was some, some other splinter group from Hamas. Missile gone bad. That was aiming, that was supposed to be shot at Israel, but of course it lands in, in Gaza and all of a sudden now it's a tragedy. If it would have landed in, in Israel, it would have been, you know, just, oh well. They're oppressed. I, this, I'm sorry, but the, but the, the one-sided idea on this thing is just ridiculous to me. And here's, here's the thing. My, my whole point about this whole thing, okay, maybe you don't like the fact that okay, Gaza is this, the, the largest open-air prison in the world. Whatever, whatever you want to call it that. Let's just, just think about it this way for just a second. Let's just, just say that the people in Gaza would just say, okay, you know what? You know what? We got this land. We have this area. Let's take our resources. We're getting a lot of help from outside the, the you know, we get a lot of, a lot of UN funding. A lot of other pe- people are sending us money. Even Israel sends them money and, and sends them supplies. And let's, let's use it to make life here what we can, the best we can. Let's, let's decide we're not going to go to war with Israel. We're not going to go to war with the Jews. We're just going to make the best of what we have here with what we have with our resources and make life good for us here. And screw them. We're going we're to have our, have our own little island here. Our own little paradise. They could do that. They could probably even negotiate trade with other countries. If they just laid down their arms. If they stopped using the things that are sent to them for aid. If they stopped using those things to try to kill the Jews. To be at war. Nobody is really at war with them. They are at war with others. And that's, that's why they continue to get pushed off the planet. They, don't, they just don't get that. I don't think that they understand that part of it. And most countries don't, by the way. There are a lot of countries out there who don't understand why they're in poverty. There's countries, in, I think it was, was it Madagascar? Was, or what, was it uh, someplace out in, it was in Africa? Mozambique. It was in constant chaos and war, civil war for a long time. And it just, it did nothing but tear the country up. And you got these knuckleheads like Norman Finkelstein, who has no credibility whatsoever. I wish I wish I'd get on. I'd love to be on a panel with that guy. Let him go ahead and spew all of his stuff out and then start just just jot down all the notes of all the numbers he's, he's given me. And then just go back over all of his numbers and tell him, you know, explain to him why they don't nothing. None of it adds up at all. There's no way this is this is unsustainable. There's no way a society exists with the numbers you're you're even touting out there. There's no there's no way they can even be alive. But he continues to be some kind of expert out there talking to everybody. He sits in some kind of a, every time I see him being interviewed, he's always in a little dark office somewhere. I think, he, I think, he, I think he's a, like a university professor or something. And he talks like this, and he talks, and, he, and he'll, he'll, half the population are children. And he'll sit there and wait. He just lets that soak in. It's the largest, it's the world's largest open-air prison on the planet. It's the highest population concentration of, pop, of people in the world. No, no, it's not. It's not at all. It, it's, it's, 
I, I can name 12 cities right now that have higher density population than Gaza does. And we don't seem to call that an open-air prison. I, I, it's just, just the stupidity there is just ridiculous. In the way, but the way you know, he comes across with this stuff all the time, and it's, it, it scares people and it makes them feel, oh, oh, my goodness, oh, these people are suffering so much. Well, maybe they are. But I'm, I'm not blaming Israel for their suffering at this point. I, I think it's more to do with the politics that are there, the more to do with the, the organization that is just filled with hatred. you got people in this country still to this day out there parading around with the flag saying, from the river to the sea. And basically telling the Jews to just, that they are literally saying, Jews need to go to hell. There needs to be no more Jews in, in Israel, in Palestine. So it's it's been a really... Uh, difficult thing to see happening. And I, I'm not saying that Israel is right on everything about this whole thing either, but I, I think there's other, but there's probably better ways to handle it. Of course, and other, you got other people like Anna Kasparian who's, who's saying, we just need to send in special forces, but send in special forces. We're going to send in special forces and take these guys out. No, there's, there's 20,000 of them, first of all. Special forces are not some kind of magic pill that can just go in and just, I think she's watched too many movies, basically, you just think that they can just go in and do magic things and eradicate and extricate, eliminate enemies, just, you know, snipe them all off. It just doesn't happen that way, Anna. I'm sorry. Just, just there's no way to do that. You don't, you don't have enough. If, if special forces were able to do that, why, why doesn't just make all the army special forces? Why, why do we need a general army? We just, just, they just need special forces. George W. Bush or George Bush, the, the senior, H.W. Bush, at the end of his term, his last year in office, he, he, he was saying, this is the way our forces, after he did an you know, operation, uh, whatever it was, Desert Storm, or save Kuwait, whatever it was. Um, after that, he, he was like, now we're going to pare back and we're going to make our, our military more of a, a mobile force with special, you know, special tactical forces. He, he, he had this vision as, as well. It doesn't, it doesn't work. There's just, there's not that kind of training. You can't just train everybody to that degree. You have to start lowering standards. These guys are, you know, the Delta team, the Delta force and some of the, the Rangers, some of these guys are, they're, they're out, the Green Berets, uh, they're out there. They're, they're exceptional individuals. And only the, you know, the top, you might, you might have a hundred guys trying to, trying to go through the program, end up with 10. Not everybody can muster that kind of thing. It's mentally, physically, spiritually challenging. And, uh, yeah. Well, folks, I don't have a whole lot of time this morning. I've, actually, I'm, I'm way over on what I thought I was going to be here uh, this morning already. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be have to, uh, I'm going to be have to, yeah. I'm going to have to be going. And I will I will try to uh, do a show for tomorrow morning. I, th- th- I might get in late enough tonight um, that I can do a show tonight that I can post tomorrow morning. We'll see how that goes. But I'm extremely early flight out of, um, or a trip. Uh, to, uh, I got to get up really early. It's just, I got to get up really early tomorrow morning. Let's just put it that way. So in the meantime, um, I will be, uh, but tomorrow afternoon, I will be in Charleston. 
and I hope to have um, yeah, hope to have some things. I, I, after that, I have to run down to Miami real quick and then back to Chicago. And I'll be home Saturday night, but that's I'm gonna have a show over the weekend. So, God bless, folks. Have a great weekend if I don't get to talk to you. And uh, thanks for listening.